on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 5th, LA Galaxy. Get through a preseason game with St. Louis, lose that game 2-1. to one. We're going to talk about the specifics of that game, what we saw, what we learned, what we need to see as the team heads off for Coachella. They're off to Coachella on Tuesday, so if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, maybe you're on the LA Galaxy bus headed out to Coachella. Do you think they take a bus? Do you think they take a plane? Good questions. We should always answer those. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the rumors and the confusing landscape it has certainly turned into. Um, and then uh, we're going to get you ready for some of the stuff that's coming up with Coachella and all that fun stuff. All right, that's what we got to help us do that today. We're happy to have him back. It's Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Hey, I think you're going to take an arc. Yeah, an arc. But I might need to take. I need a. I need a, a raft of some sort. I think most people in uh, in Southern California do because it's been uh, it's been raining forty days and forty nights. It feels like. Well, 40 days and 40 nights worth of rain. Maybe it didn't take that long to fall. Yeah, it might be 40 years worth of rain at this point, which we've been getting over the last couple of years. But, I mean, how are you doing, sir? I am bone dry here in McAllen, Texas, um, right on the border with Reynoso, Mexico. And I'm down here doing a border story. It does involve soccer in a little bit, a little bit of a way. But I saw an old friend of ours yesterday, virtually, anyways, Chris Klein. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say some somebody else, but that's okay. Chris Klein. What was, what was Mr. Klein up to yesterday? Well, it was the announcement, as you know, of the World Cup sites uh, for 2026, and he he remains a co-chair of the local organizing committee in Los Angeles, and so he was on a Zoom call to talk about LA. As you know, they got eight games will be played at SoFi, including the U.S. opener, which it was one of the games that they targeted very early on, the L.A. committee did, that they wanted. Uh, they also have a quarterfinal. I think they have two games, uh, two other knockout games. Um, they have the first and third U.S. games. And uh, the first game is the one they're focusing on. It's the opener of the tournament in, in the United States. Um, and you know, obviously, it'd be a big game the first time the U.S. has played a World Cup game at home since 1994. Um, but the one they were really focusing on is the third game. They'll play in L.A., go to San Seattle for game two and come back because the third game, as we know, in group stage always decides who goes on and, and in what position they go on. So that could be a big game. We're, we're, we're talking about 2026, though. We got a little bit of time. But I, I did tell Chris, and I was sincere. You, you and I have talked about this before. Um, I think we can agree that Chris may not have been the best president in Galaxy history but I really liked him. I re- still think he's a nice guy. I like Chris. 
um, a lot. And I, I said that when he came on the Zoom call. I said, Chris, it's so nice to see you again. I haven't seen you for a long time. It's it's great to see you. You look great. And I, he appeared to be having none of that. Didn't think I was sincere. I was 100% sincere. Look, I, I can separate the fact that he wasn't the world's greatest president from the fact he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. We always say that. We, we talk about that constantly, as a matter of fact, which is really when you look at it, we can separate that between what you do and how you perform with like nice guys. And, you know, hey, sometimes nice guys finish last. Sometimes they finish first. All that stuff is certainly there. Um, but yeah, we were, we've always been sincere about that, but I, I, I'm excited for a lot of the Olympic stuff, right? I mean, our Olympics, the, the world cup, um, I was thinking Olympics too, right. And that sounded, that's coming yeah, too. that's all right. Not too far away. Um, but just the world cup. I mean, this is going to be, uh, the last time the world cup was here in 96, I was still pretty young. Um, so I don't, I don't really remember it that much, but now that it's going to be here in the United States, I mean, listen, I think tickets, trying to get tickets is going to be a nightmare. I think all that stuff is going to be crazy, especially for any of the LA games, especially for any of the U S men's national team games. Um, but I'm excited to see sort of what the U S can do with this tournament and, and how big they can make it. Even if they picked, uh, having the final in New Jersey, a little, sh- little surprising that I think it was in New Jersey, right? I mean, everything was pointing towards, towards Dallas at one point. Well, and here's why. I actually wrote this, and I was kind of in the Dallas boat. I did say that New York was a candidate, but here's why I like Dallas. One is it's in the virtually in the middle of the country, um, which means that you can play a semifinal on the East Coast, a semifinal on the West Coast, and meet in the middle, and both teams have equal driving time. It has a roof. One of the things FIFA is totally spooked about is if you remember last summer, about the time that the World Cup would be played, June and July, there was monstrous weather all over the country. It's always humid in Miami. It's hurricane season. They're not going to go to Miami. But up and down the East Coast, there were rain. There were torrential rainstorms. Right. There was a lot of heat, humidity. Um, and, and I think FIFA looked at that and said, what are we going to do if there's a torrential rainstorm on the day of the World Cup final? We're going to play it on Monday. We're going to cancel it. It's the World Cup final. So I really thought they were going to take the safe out and go to Arlington or maybe uh, – SoFi, which has a roof as well, they're not going to go to Mercedes-Benz, I didn't think, but they, they might have gone to, to to Dallas, again, positioned in the middle of the country, more or less, in the time zone, central time zone, with a roof, um, but they didn't do that. They're going to go to New York, and I think they're rolling the dice a little bit because, um, you know, if storm comes in, that's an exposed stadium, right? And and it's it has the same problems as SoFi, and eight of the 16 sites, venues for the World Cup have artificial turf, which means they're going to have to put some sort of turf in there right so i was a little bit i was a little bit surprised to see they did that kevin kevin demoff who's the ceo of the of um the la rams which you know runs the stadium SoFi, he came on the zoom call and said you know SoFi now is is going to have the world cup in 2026 and the super bowl in 2027 and the olympics will be there in 2028 no stadium's ever done that well not really the rose bowl did it Rose Bowl's had Super Bowls has olympics and has world cups in fact that it's had two world cups right and it's had well, I don't know if they had the I don't know if they had the 36 Olympics there. The Rose Bowl was there or 32 Olympics. I don't know if they went there, but certainly the Rose Bowl has done Olympics, World Cup and uh, Super Bowl. So so far, the second stadium to do that. Uh, very, very fun uh, paying attention to all that. And that'll be something uh, that we'll get to follow. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how MLS obviously uh, bumps during that time and everybody's counting on that bump and looking at it. Speaking of, of bumps, uh, messy and in multiple ways, bumps. Uh, messy, not not playing, and fans booing David Beckham and all sorts of fun stuff. So that's going sideways. But really, it was interesting. Chat room was saying it too. I wanted to sort of point it out. Prices 
for the LA Galaxy's game against Miami on that first have actually come down a little bit because there is a little scare that perhaps Messi's injury is worse than uh, than than first thought. Now, pl- still plenty of time for that to pe- play out. But Messi was not playing because he picked up a knock, so he wasn't he wasn't going to play in that game. That uh, was that the one in Hong Kong where they uh, where where he got booed. And then, and then the, uh, the the Kobe game, I, the Missile Kobe. Yeah. Well, um, and, and but they said that they had never had any plans to televise that one, which seems like maybe they did, but then they didn't. And so now things are changing and there's a whole bunch of money perhaps at stake for inner Miami for for Messi not showing up to some of these places and yeah. not playing. This is this is turning into be quite the fiasco. And because it all leads up to the Galaxy's first game, it's all pertinent here as that well, team it, sort of, I don't know, stumbles forward a little bit. It is the most MLS thing of all time because MLS has Messi this valuable property. They decide they're going to market the heck out of it. They're going to go all over the world. They're going to play in Saudi Arabia. He's going to play against Ronaldo. Well, Messi plays the last seven minutes. Ronaldo doesn't even suit up because he says he has an injury. Uh, someone spent millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars, put that game on Saudi Arabia, and it was a farce. Um, then they go to the, the Far East. They're going to play there. MLS didn't need to do this. They did this because they had, Inter-Miami had Messi. Apple TV wanted to stream these games. They thought they were going to get great ratings. What happened? Messi, not really in midseason form, uh, you know, gets a tweak, can't play, may miss the, we don't know, could miss the start of the season. If you remember when the Galaxy had Beckham, they used to do a lot of these international tours. But my recollection is they always did them after the season. There you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. technically speaking, they did do like a little bit of a tour with Robbie Keane whenever he took him to Ireland, Ireland right? Then yeah. that was a preseason tournament like in but Ireland. At the end of the preseason. Yeah. I mean, this was, you know, Messi's played two games, didn't score. And then goes over to Saudi Arabia, and and the other thing is is, is Ireland and Saudi Arabia and Asia. It's a little bit different. I, I just think MLS really totally bollocks bollocks this thing up, and it's possible we don't know the extent of the injury. That maybe they they got it in time, but could you imagine if Messi missed significant time or couldn't play for Argentina and World Cup qualifiers in March because of this? This is. Uh, I just think it's an unforced error on MLS's part. And by the way, one of the things. Um, the NWSL has always sort of followed MLS, sort of used them as the model of scheduling and, and other things. MLS announced recently that they will have a international break during the Olympics because so many of the women will be playing for their Olympic teams. It makes sense, but, you know, MLS doesn't break. It breaks right. for a short period of the World Cup. doesn't break for a lot of other international tournaments where players have to go away. NWSL actually setting the standard. For the way that this should be done, I, I think MLS should break from major tournaments like the World Cup. They did. I think they have to in 2026. You can't have a game at Children's Mercy Park uh, while a World Cup game is going on down the road. You know, at Arrowhead. It's tough. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna um, it's gonna so, be tough for sure. Yeah, yeah. That that doesn't. So seem I think sense. they will break for that. But but remember, just remember, NWSL did it first. There you go. Um, well, you know, let's let's get you ready here, and obviously the Galaxy have a preseason game and. The whole thing that sort of is is brought into very stark contrast here is that the LA Galaxy will be traveling out to Coachella on Tuesday. Um, you know, again, I imagine they're taking a bus. I don't actually know if they're, you know, it'd be fun to fly, but, you know, prob- probably not the way uh, you need to do it. But they'll be floating out there. Maybe they'll take a boat, as you said. Um, they can swim. They can swim all the way out there. Uh, but they'll be headed out to Coachella. The the thing that really puts everything to, for me into stark contrast is this, that the Galaxy have four games in Coachella, right? Four games now. They have a Wednesday game coming up, a Sunday game, a Wednesday game, a Sunday game, right? That's it. And then the LA Galaxy are supposed to be ready to play Messi and friends. Um, 
I'll tell you right now that from the look of what Messi and friends have gone through, what Miami has gone through, I'd say they're definitely more ready to play than the LA Galaxy who have played, you know, a, a behind doors closed, uh, you know, behind uh, closed doors preseason game against San Jose uh, and now in front of people game against St. Louis. Uh, you just hope that everything ramps up here quickly, but it feels it feels like all of a sudden we're, we're in February. It's February 5th. It's 20 days until the LA Galaxy face off against inner Miami at Dignity Health Sports Park. Watch the game against St. Louis and tell me that you think that team is anywhere near ready. And it's it's still the beginning of preseason. I get that. You still have a month, basically 20 days. Um, so you get your, your your four weeks in there, right? More or less. Um, but that's going to go away really fast, Kevin. This is this is this is this seems like everything's approaching very rapidly. You look at the roster and where it's at. I don't think anybody's panicked. I don't think anybody should look at the result over the weekend and say, oh, well, this team's you know screwed. But at the same time, you can't look at that game and say that the Galaxy are anywhere near getting ready to play Inter Miami on on February 25th. Well, once again, we're in this situation. It seems like it's every year. We're three weeks into preseason, three weeks away from the opener, and and the team is not set. Gabriel Peck, the big offseason signing, is not here. Probably won't be here until around after Valentine's Day, probably. Yeah, right around. Well, February 11th is the last game, right? February 11th is the last game for Brazil. So then by the time he gets done with that, heads of the United States, I would hope that all the visa stuff is already set and ready to go. I would hope they'd be doing that now. Right. You would would hope all that stuff is ready to go. So whenever it's time, away he goes. He he flies straight from that tournament to come back. And that's that's asking a lot for somebody who's probably been away from home for however many, you know, weeks with that tournament. You probably got to let him go home for a couple days. So I don't I don't disagree with you. Valentine's Day is probably probably pretty close for his arrival. That seems reasonable. And to get that visa, I do think he has to present himself somewhere at some embassy or consulate somewhere. So they could have all the paperwork done and he still needs to go somewhere. And we've seen in the past that they've gone to Canada and and other places, not just in your host country, wherever they can get an appointment. So he may have to make a, an international trip from Brazil somewhere else. Um, So, you know, again, the big piece is not here. It, when you look at the offseason, they've added Gabriel Peck, who's not here, Amani, who is here and seemed and played, I thought, pretty well against St. Louis, John Nelson, John McCarthy. That's kind of kind of it. If they don't get paint still, uh, is this offseason a failure? Did they because we heard about the two wingers and and they really haven't done that much aside from Gabriel Peck and then all this talk about paint cell. Uh, is it a failure? No, because I think that they're going to eventually get somebody in. If Is it a failure for timing? Maybe. Um, I know that there's a lot of emphasis on the first 10 games because people don't want to see the Galaxy start the way they did. And I think for mental reasons, right, for the for the mental aspect of the game, it's important for the Galaxy to show that they're not that team of last year, right? So I think getting out to a decent start is is something that they're looking at. Don't overemphasize the first 10 games, just like Greg Vanny trying to overemphasize the last 10 games, right? It's like there's still going to be plenty of time to play in that. And the schedule is difficult. We've gone over the schedule with the LA Galaxy in the first 10 games. Just try not to suck. All right. That's really what you're trying to do in the first 10 games right now. And especially if you're still building it out. But you can't say that the Galaxy should just stop building, right? They have to continue doing whatever they're doing. It doesn't matter. And if they're not comfortable, I'm better with them not being comfortable with the people that they have, the people that they don't have, uh, and saying, this is how we'll start and we'll fill it in because we're eventually going to find the guys that we really want, that we really want to get comfortable with. Um, Then that'll come in and that has a better long-term 
benefit than trying to rush anything in. And I don't think they're going to rush. I, I just, from talking with Will, from talking with how they've sort of set this up, they're not going to rush this. This is not going to be, they would rather yep. start, they would rather not have everybody in than, than ru- try to rush a signing or do something that's not going to benefit them long-term. Well, I like the way Will Coons went into the offseason, pro the offseason. He, he went big. You, you could have said, oh, hey, it's my first time. I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to get a little bit done. I'm going to show people I'm doing things. He went big. He got Gabriel Peck, the guy that he wanted. Uh, he threw uh, $12 million at Sosa. Remember, Peck cost $10, $10 million. It's right. the most expensive transfer Tw- in history. And, and possibly $12.5 million. There's rumors that popped up just recently that the LA Galaxy were going after Sosa again, which, by the way, I if – if that is true and you recycle that, I love that move, right? Which is, hey, yeah. you're not getting any money. See you later. And then you go away and you're like 12 and a half million. And then either you take that or we're done. And then you walk away again. Like it doesn't have to be a long phone call. You call up and say all the same stuff we already talked about, 12 and a half million. Does that get it done? Or are we, what are we doing here? Well, unless the team comes back and says, oh, they came back to us because they're desperate. So we're going to ask for 13 or 14. But my point was that I liked the fact that he went big. And if he falls a little bit short, he, he, he went out with his guns blazing. The paint still thing, we don't know where that is. If he doesn't get it done. Oh, um, oh we, do, we do know an important an important advancement in that story. I don't know if our listeners know this. Paintsill or Sosa? Paintsill. This is this okay. is huge, Kevin. Huge. Like massive ramifications off the windows. Like this is when you hear this, you will be headed to Spotify. Joseph Paintsill or JP as he likes to be known. And the reason I know he likes to be known uh, called JP is in the intro to his song that he just released on Spotify. All right. He says it's JP. Right. And then he writes this lover's lament song. It is it is it's I don't know what it is. Bottom line is, if he comes to the L.A. Galaxy, I think Galaxy fans love it. If he doesn't come to get they're going to hate it. It's going to be one of those. But he released a single. Kevin, tell me that that you can't sell that guy on coming to Los Angeles. Weren't the Grammys just here like last night? Yeah, you know. So he's like he's like Ghana's Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, I, I exact exactly that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes, I accept. Well, it's a love song, but but when you talk about and Vanny does talk about the last ten games being the most important. He says the season starts in, with the last ten games, and I get what he's talking about. That it's so many teams go to the playoffs. When you get to the playoffs, the idea isn't just to get there. It's to do something when you get there. And the teams that are building momentum going into the postseason tend to do the best. And so Greg Vanny is saying two things. He's saying, if we do win our last 10 games, we'll get in the playoffs because it's easy to get in the playoffs. And when we get there, we'll be riding this momentum. Um, But the first 10 games also count. And the Galaxy got off to a terrible uh, start last year and didn't make the playoffs. So it doesn't matter how well you do in the last 10 games if you start – really poorly and you don't get in the playoffs the last 10 games don't, don't mean anything but there's another reason why i think a fast start right. it doesn't have to be blazing but it's important because i think right now the galaxy with the supporters are in a little bit of a honeymoon period with this new front office right karaski's gone klein's gone Kuntz is in doing some good things the butts and players and greg vanny in the last year of his contract um seems to have had a lot of things taken off his plate so he can concentrate on coaching the first um, a, a preseason game that fans could go to 12,553 people. Yep. That's a really good attendance. I think the supporters are excited. I think, again, there is this honeymoon period where they're, they're saying to the galaxy, okay, we're going to give this to you. Let, let's have a fresh start. There's new people in the guys we wanted out are out. You listen to the supporters. We're here for you now. Let's go forward this way. If they get off to a poor start again, you, you, I think a you lot blow of that, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of that goes right into the dumpster. 
Uh, they're giving the new regime a chance, but it's not an endless uh, you know, font of, of patience. And, and Miriam Swanson in the, in the Southern California News Group, the Daily News Orange County Register et al., wrote a really good column at the height of the supportive boycott last year where she said, hey, if you're the galaxy, don't complain about this. This is a good thing that fans care enough to hold your feet to the fire, that they just don't come out, pay, you know, buy their ticket, have a beer, watch the game, and go home. They care. The supporters of the Galaxy care. And they have basically told the Galaxy and Will Koontz, hey, we're, we're, we're willing to start over again with you. But if they, again, if they got off to a bad start and look terrible in doing it, that it, that patience is not going to be there. Okay, can I? Away. Let's see if I can do this without getting demonetized. Let's try real quick. Is this JP? Oh, this is JP. I go by the name JP. See? It's all about love. All right. Anyway, I'm not getting demonetized for that. Uh, just to let you know, there is another turn with Paint Seal that, that hasn't exactly been. Did, did he play the piano, by the way, on that? I, he, You know. The picture shows him at the piano. Right? I know. It is. It's him at the piano. Um, I will say this. Uh, it, it, there does seem to be some complicating factors around that transfer. Now, both of the wingers uh, that could have been one that were starters, and I think that we're also playing around with with Paint Sill as well, uh, two of those guys have gotten hurt, and now the guys who they were going to use as depth, which were going to be younger players that they could bring up to, to sort of fill in behind JP there, um, now they're going to probably be used to fill in behind the guys who got injured. So it's a more complicated uh, you know, arithmetic there in gank than it was. Uh, because before it was sort of like, oh, we could probably afford to lose them. Remember, transfer windows closed there, so you're just going to sell and you're not going to be able to replace. Um, so I think that throws a wrinkle in it. There's been a lot of little rumors popping up that the Galaxy possibly out there haven't been able to verify any of them. So you're not going to get any updates on those right now. I'll keep trying through the week and see what we have. But we will also have, Kevin, before we get too far away, a big show coming up on February 11th, right? Because on February 11th, the LA Galaxy have been kind enough, kind enough, Kevin, to open for us at Coachella. Uh, basically, you know, they have a headliner and then they have the opening act, the LA Galaxy versus Austin FC, uh, will kick off at 10 AM. And of course, 10 AM, clearly an opening act whenever you think about the timing and all that. So the Galaxy, uh, and Austin will play at 10 AM and around 12, that game will be over and around 12, 10, 12, 15 corner of the Galaxy will take the main stage at Coachella. Well, at least a stage. No, probably not even a stage just behind a tent. Uh, we'll take the tent. Uh, and then we'll do a live show from there. We're expecting some some good guests there, front office, coaches, all that sort of fun stuff. So we want you to be there. Make sure you get your tickets February 11th uh, at Coachella Valley Invitational. That's where you want to be. Uh, and then go see that game, the LA Galaxy versus Austin FC at 10. And then at about 12, 12, 15, we're going to get a live show direct from Coachella uh, playing live one night only corner of the galaxy at, at Coachella. So uh, we and, hope to see you out there. Let's not tip our hand too much on the guests, but I'm just saying... I'm not saying Taylor Swift won't be there. The, I may be saying there's no, no, other, no. Football, there's no other football on Sunday nope. that you need to worry about. Nope. This is the only event on Sunday. Don't you dare. Um, JP going to show up and play his, play the piano, right? Oh, he, that would be awesome. Perfect. See, I think there's a lot of ways to really get that guy over. So uh, anyway, we'll continue to watch that. Let's talk about this game. Uh, oh, by the way, let me give you your, your location. Uh, if you look on the southeast corner right below field number one in the little corner, it says corner of the galaxy, February 11th only. There's a little tent right there. That's where we're going to be. So you're going to get done with that game and then you're going to come over and you're going to surround the tent. I don't think there'll be chairs. Standing room only, as is usually when we play yeah. our shows, standing room only. Uh, the mosh pit up front, 
Um, you know, Kevin will probably go stage diving. All that fun stuff will be there for you uh, at Corner of the Galaxy. Uh, so please join us there. We can't wait. We're excited. We have some good guests. We're going to give you a good show, and we're going to get to talk about the LA Galaxy right after they play against Austin FC. And so uh, we're excited about it, and we hope that you're excited about it too. Could, right. could you imagine if I went stage diving and if I landed on somebody, I'd kill him. You, I mean, you're a tiny little waif of a thing, quite honestly. I'm not. I'm not concerned. <laughs> Between you and Eric, Eric's definitely taller than you. You just comb your hair back he so it stands up. He was not on a box. By the way, we're uh, we'll be under the blimp. The blimp will be circling. The Goodyear blimp will be circling above us. Be, yeah, it'll say Josh and Kevin out. That's what it'll 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 be, <laughs> it'll be saying. Um, so By anyway, the way, that game is at ten o'clock, as you mentioned. The Galaxy, as you as you said before, it's played four times at Coachella: eleven a.m., ten a.m., twelve p.m., and ten a.m. That that just seems weird to me to play all those games in the morning. Um, but as you know, they're going to be playing an East Coast team, so the, those teams will be on a different body clock. But as you said. It's training games, and the Galaxy generally train at 10 a.m. 10 a.m., so. so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that's going to be a problem. They, they do have lights out there, some of the fields. They do, but I don't think any of the games are being played at night. I think everything is during the day because they. I don't think they want to mess with that. So, yeah, there's... Yeah, but someone told me that teams, every team that's in the tournament gets a, a two fields. Some of them have lights, some of them don't. And if a team wants to practice train at night, they have the ability to train at night. They can switch with another team. But some teams do want to train at night because they... Uh, you know, they want to get their players used to playing under the lights, I suppose. Right, right. Makes some sense. Uh, let's get to this game against uh, St. Louis. 2-1 uh, loss for the LA Galaxy. Now, if you look at it starters-wise, 1-1 uh, for the most part because the Galaxy were able to uh, to score early in that second half thanks to Diego Fagundes. Um, but obviously with uh, the youngsters in there and there was there were two or three under seven U-17 guys uh, playing in that second half. So the Galaxy trotting out some youth. Um, doing some things there. And if we uh, look at our preseason goal leaders, there we go. Wow. The numbers are massive. Uh, that's uh, Miguel Berry and, and Diego Fagundes right there. One and one uh, for the LA Galaxy. So two goals scored so far, three goals allowed by the LA Galaxy so far. So three to two currently as it, as it stands. Yes. Yeah, that, that goes allowed again. You remember 67 goals last season. But both Barry and Fagundes have outscored Lionel Messi this, this preseason. <laughs> so, I, believe. Is that so I, I don't know if he scored yet or not. I've, I haven't and paid... He's, he's, played more games. I was just going to say there was just an athletic report that says that Messi is hopeful that he'll play on Wednesday against Bissell Kobe. So that's that's your injury update right now for for Messi. If you were looking for him coming against, yeah, you know, if, if you're an L.A. Galaxy fan and you are truly an L.A. Galaxy fan and you're not trying to sell your tickets and you're just trying to be like, hey, then you don't want Messi to play. Um, if, if, if you are a fan of the spectacle that will be, if he does, then you do want him to play. So that's something no, I to think watch everybody him. wants him to play. No, score goal, but no, you want to see that, you know, you want to see the greatest player of all time. By the way, you mentioned the youth, D Damian Calhoun and the daily news had a good line on social media when he talked about the number of players on the field that were old enough to rent a car. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't ready. They were going to have to carpool at some point. I mean, you know, you're talking about prime age players in soccer whenever you get to 25, right? So if you're 25 and you can rent a car, that's a lot. But I mean, how many play, how many galaxy players are, are, are of prime age uh, to be able to run a car there. That's funny. Uh, the starting lineup for the LA Galaxy, missing some starters as we expected. One we didn't expect, that was Dayon Jovalich missing this game. Uh, he picked up a, a, a hip contusion or a hip pointer injury. Basically, Vandy said he was day-to-day, -day, uh, just had to manage through that pain, um, and they expected that he would be back and, and you know back in Coachella. And so there's a good chance that you might even see him playing on Wednesday whenever the Galaxy take on Charlotte um, at Coachella, the first game of Coachella. And remember, all of those games, LAGalaxy.com, as well as this one as well. So great coverage for all this stuff. Um, 
your starting lineup, uh, you had Bond, you had Yamane, you had Yoshida, you had Mavinga, you had Aude. All right, so a back line of Yamane, Yoshida, Mavinga, and Aude. Uh, you had Cerillo in at defensive midfielder. You had Delgado and Lepley. That's Tucker Lepley, right? The one of the draft picks who's trying to fight and perhaps get a spot with the LA Galaxy. Uh, Diego Fagundes was there. Barry was there. And Cuevas. Interesting. Cuevas played on the right wing for this game. But Greg Vandy said, don't get any ideas. Um, very, very clearly in the post game, he said, don't get any ideas. Uh, he said that Cuevas is not going to play there, uh, but it was either put somebody else in there and Cuevas only gets, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes there at the end to sort of play it right back or get him 60 minutes, basically being able to play at that, that right half position or the right wing. Um, it's so that way he wouldn't have to worry so much about defending, but could still play. And, and, and Cuevas had the assist for Diego Fagundes in that second half. So, um, some, some interesting little things that sort of came out here, obviously missing from this lineup, Kevin. Uh, you had guys like Ricky Pooge. You have guys like, um, you know, uh, Gaston Brugman, uh, Jalen Neal, right? Still a lot of guys who are missing. Uh, there no co- no Cosserus yet as well. So there's still a lot of talent that the LA Galaxy aren't playing. Puj, Brugman, Caceres, Neil, Jovalich, right? So you're missing that. Plus you're missing a designated player uh, in, in Gabriel Peck, who's not there yet. And you're probably missing another designated player on the other side. But you can't count on him until he comes in. So a guy that was certainly had a lot of focus in this game would be Diego Fagundes. Now, we talked last year, Kevin, about Fagundes and sort of his his transition from Austin over to the Galaxy and how that was a rough time, just had a baby, uh, you know, he's been living at a hotel. All of these things sort of had popped up for him that made coming to the LA Galaxy difficult when it did. Um, I think a lot of people would look at him and say he was out of shape, um, and he wasn't quite ready to play whenever he did come in. And so there was a lot of questions because Diego Fagunda is making close to a million dollars for a salary. And so what are you going to get out of him this year? Uh, one of the things to look for in this game was just his quickness, his his ability to run, his ability to take guys on, his ability to find the game, do the different things. This is why when we talk about the LA Galaxy having a versatile midfield, right, where you can change a lot of the pieces. We've talked about DP wingers possibly also being able to fill in at, at forward, right, Kevin? Um, we've talked about, you know, Dayon Jovalich, if he doesn't get off, that get off to a good start, that it doesn't necessarily just have to be Miguel Berry who comes in. It could be one of the wingers. It could be Gabriel Peck who comes up and plays some of that forward, although that's not really his strong suit. But if they're getting another winger, somebody who could also fill in, one of the reasons they're going to have that versatility looks like Diego Fagundes can fill in at almost any spot across that midfield, including for like the tens, like Ricky Pooj or Gaston Brugman, but also on the wings. And in this particular game, you got to see Fagundes showing a little bit of that versatility and being that there was almost no midfield for the LA Galaxy in, in, in terms of starting caliber midfield, which should worry you. Um, but it is just the second preseason game, so maybe not. Uh, but because there's no midfield sort of sitting there, uh, Diego Fagundes was asked to do a lot. And I think he was rather successful at that. For me, the biggest thing was looking where he was trying to pass looking at his quickness, looking at his overall speed. He looks like he's in shape. He looks like his mind is working well. He looks like he said afterwards, this is a system I'm so comfortable in. And he goes, so I'm just having fun out here, which is a great thing to sort of put in his mind, go out and have fun for Diego Fagundes. Said it was the first time this week that he slept in his own bed in his house. He has a house now. He has a bed. He's been living in hotels. He goes, it's starting to feel like home. That's the sounds of a guy who are, who are getting settled. And for what they're going to ask Diego Fagundes to do this year, Kevin, which is be a jack of all trades, be able to fill in at a bunch of positions, because I don't think he's necessarily a starter, 
but I think he's going to have a chance to get a ton of minutes this year. Could be one of the most important pieces the Galaxy have. Well, I think this is a real opportunity for Fugundes with, you know, the, the designated players are expected to get the two wingers. That's his position. The, the, they've said, we're hiring, we're signing DPs at your at your position. This is his opportunity, his best opportunity to get a really good look and to show what he can do and leave a good impression. And I, I think he definitely did that against St. Louis. Um, this is a guy with a lot of MLS experience. He's a really, really good player. Um, I don't have any problems with him starting if, if they don't land the two DPs. Oh, they oh, I, I think you're absolutely, I think he could be a, 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 a February 25th game day starter because they may yeah. not have somebody who they need. And this is his opportunity. I mean, he could have come into camp and said, look, you sign, you're, you're going after guys for my position. You're replacing me. Well, screw you. I'm under contract. You got to pay me anyways. I'm not going to hustle. That's not the way he came in. So credit to him. The other guy, Miguel Barry. I mean, we're already seeing, you know, they've gambled and said, Jovalich is the guy. He's going to, he's right. our target striker. We, there's nobody, Billy Sharp is gone. There's nobody behind him. He's the guy. Well, Miguel Berry is the guy behind him right now. And Miguel Berry is getting a chance to play. I don't think he replaces Jovalich, but I think he, if he plays well, I think Vanny would, would be, uh, would be confident to say, you know what, Dayan, you, you're back on the short leash again if you don't produce in the first few games. But, but the bigger issue for me is, we're in preseason and Jovalich has already uh, got some uh, an injury that is the kind that is going to come back and could come back and bother you like like Jalen Neal's groin. It's one of those injuries. It's not like a twisted ankle where once you, you heal it, it, you're fine. Those soft muscle injuries can can you know bother you for an entire season if not an entire career. Now, this is something you got to watch. And I think Miguel Barry, uh, it behooves him right now to step up and to say, hey, Dayon's not ready. I'm your guy. I can do this. Yeah, it's uh, the Joe Tutino was on the broadcast on LAGalaxy.com. Um, and Joe was very pointed in saying the Galaxy really focusing on defense so far in preseason. Really haven't looked a lot from the offense. It feels like Greg Vanny and the team is sort of sitting there saying, listen, we may not have our midfielders and our strikers ready, you know, 100% whenever we get ready for the first game, but we need our defense to be that because we have all the pieces for that. Same with the midfield. I mean, I saw the defensive issue. Certainly Mavinga on his side is a question mark. I think Aude in this particular game, again, is a question mark. Uh, you know, uh, Julian Aude has to come out and show Kevin that he belongs as the starter at left back. Um, because if he doesn't and he falls or falters, the Galaxy are asking a lot from Nelson, who comes up behind him on, on that backside. He's not going to should and he shouldn't be an everyday starter. Aude has to prove that the Galaxy spending money on him was a good thing. He needs to increase that physicality. He needs to be able to figure out how to get forward, but also stay back. Um, and then he has to find a partnership that works for him as well, because you have Chris Mavinga in there. And I'll say that uh, from everything I've seen so far, Chris Mavinga is a horrible partner to have next to you because he's going to run you out of position. He's going to run himself out of position. He's going to ask you to cover his space. And when you look at somebody who's as adept as Maya Yoshida is at understanding the game, uh, you know, Mavinga is going to frustrate Yoshida if that continues. Uh, and so uh, you could it's so funny because you look at the left side and you see it, it's almost why I was like, hey, maybe you should move Maya Yoshida over to the left center back and move Mavinga over because then pairing Mavinga between Yoshida and Yamane. Those are two experienced players. And so then maybe that he has cover on both sides and then you give out a cover from Yoshida as well. But I will say that putting as I think rightfully so putting Yoshida and Yamane on the same side, at least in the St. Louis game, St. Louis didn't want to, didn't want any part of that. They didn't want that right side. They wanted the other side. They went after Aude and Mavinga and that's where they attacked. And so, yeah, there was some emergency defending in there. Uh, 
the goal that was scored was off of a set piece and the Galaxy were struggling to sort of maintain control and they were fouling a lot and the second ball came back out and whenever that ball came back out, it was sort of half volleyed into the corner. I don't know if Bond even saw it and there was a guy who might have been in the way, but it probably wasn't close enough to, to actually call offside, but uh, it was at least borderline and, and Bond has to sell it. And you, you talk about you know, another thing that sort of looks. So I said going into this, Kevin, look at the defense because the defense is mostly complete outside of a starting center back who I think is either Caceres or Neal instead of Mavinga, that's going to be your starting lineup whenever it comes to uh, to to Miami. Look at the goalkeeping. Who started this game? Jonathan Bond. Has Is Greg Vanny signaling that there is, you know, a still a number one with Bond? And maybe it's his spot until he loses it, right? You had John McCarthy who come in. Uh, 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 Michovic didn't dress because he played the game before. And so Vanny is rotating all three keepers. So you probably shouldn't look at which ones get which. But whenever they had, quote unquote, first team minutes, it went with Jonathan Bond right now. Well, it is 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 Vanny showcasing Jonathan Bond and uh, and that's a potential trade. Somebody said that, and I was like, absolutely, could be possible. Wouldn't doubt it, right? Like, hey, he's still our number one guy. Anybody want him? You know, it's almost like, hey, ding, you're dangling him out there with the hook on. I get that, but at the same time, you can't tell me that you would be even remotely surprised if Jonathan Bond was the starter whenever whenever Miami came to town. No, no, you. But but I also think that you you don't start the season with these three guys on your roster. I just. I just think that's too much talent and, and probably too much money. We don't know what McCarthy's getting yet, but um, probably too much money to be invested at goalkeeper. I think one one of them has to go. I don't know that there is a ton of money invested in McCarthy. I don't know that there's a ton. Of, at least last year, you know, Michovic was basically league minimum. Um, you had McCarthy, who I think was only on like one hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty thousand yeah. dollars a year, so well, he wasn't expensive. He, even if he, he got a race to two, even if he got a race to two hundred, though. It's like, you know, or 250, that still doesn't seem like it's a ton of money to to sort of. And by the way, every team has three goalkeepers on it, right? Every senior team has three. It's just usually that third goalkeeper is the guy who goes down and plays with G2. Um, so they always have to get that. By the way, I want to get to some super chats because I've been missing them. Uh, John says, uh, $10 super chat. My wife wanted me to thank you for getting me out of her hair for an hour each Monday and Thursday night since 2009. Uh, that's good, John. We appreciate that. I just, I just worry that perhaps your hair also got off your head there like me, um, from all those years too. So, uh, thank you for that super chat and tell your wife to give you back the hair that she took from you. Um, Steven says, uh, $5 super chat. Think Coots is waiting to sign a player in the Asian cup after it's over. You know, they said that they had multiple Japanese right backs on their list. Um, I just wonder what they're sort of looking at in terms of timelines and all that stuff. I don't have any specific in- information that says that they're looking for um, a, a an Asian Cup participant. Um, so we'll, we, I, I don't know that I have any information on that. And then a $5 super chat from Raphael. Thank you, Raphael. We appreciate that as well. So you have Bond. You have the defense, right? Um, again, for me, Aude not physical enough. Um, Mavinga out of position too much. The Galaxy fell fell. As, as a lot of teams did. Remember, St. Louis was the best team in the Western Conference last year, but the LA Galaxy fell fell for the, the trap, right? The high-pressure trap. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of singling out Tucker Lepley as somebody who played well, um, especially for a guy who's battling to try to be on the first team. Didn't look out of place, Kevin. I would have liked to seen him get rid of the ball a couple more times. Uh, Vanny said he wanted to see uh, sort of him looking and trying to exploit space whenever he could actually going forward instead of just laying the ball off a lot of times for younger players coming into major league soccer for the first time. It's like, I got the ball and now get rid of the ball. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't let it get on your foot for too long. 
Um, but I think uh, Vanny was also talking about, you know, the press is is one thing. Obviously, the Galaxy are a possession-based team, Kevin. We, we've talked about that. Uh, but Vanny, uh, as he has over the years, said, we don't always have to be possession-based. If we're getting high-pressed, look for balls over the top. Look for finding guys in behind. Because when you do that, you make the team respect the space. And when they respect the space, that kills the high-press. And so I think St. Louis was successful with that. I think the Galaxy, once they look to be a little more dangerous, especially early in that second half, with Fagundes getting on the end of a, a Cuevas cross that uh, Lepley had something to do with. Fagundes actually, I think, intercepted the ball and then fed it out to Lepley and Lepley over to Cuevas and Cuevas with uh, that one touch. Cuevas, I think, has had a couple passes um, that have sort of been that way. Um, and and Fagundes got there and scored on it. So, uh, you know, for me, again, there's some good things. There's some bad things. There's some things that are clearly not set. Um, I don't know what we make of any of that in, in the end of it. This is a preseason game. It's really hard to make. There's going to be lots of people who want to draw conclusions. I see them in the chat room. I see them in the Discord. Oh, the Galaxy still suck. Blah, 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 the whole deal. Just just wait. This is the second game of the preseason. I'm not saying you can't see trends, but uh, as I want to ask Dave Sarakin about warming up before a game, hey, Dave, do you know if the team is going to be good whenever they warm up? And then he goes, he goes, absolutely not. Never have any clue. He goes, same with preseason. No clue. He goes, sometimes you have a preseason that's horrible and you're like, wow, these guys really can't play. And then they go out there and they play great. He goes, sometimes you have a great preseason and then you start off real slow. He goes, there's no way that you know whether warming up for a game or in preseason what it is. You're just trying to see more or less individuals and how those individuals fit into an overall whole. So for this game against St. Louis, mission accomplished. And I know people are going to be like, how can you say that? Mission accomplished. People got minutes. People got time. There was an intensity to the match. It was as good of a preseason game as you could have asked for. It meant something. And, and nobody got hurt. That's a big one, too. You're right about the preseason because it, I would anticipate a good coach like Greg Vanny goes into these games and says, I want to try this. I want to see if this guy can do this. I want to see if this formation works. I want to see if this approach works. And he's not going to tell us afterwards, look, we were trying to do this and it didn't work because then he's telling every team in the league, don't expect to see that in the regular season. So he, he's going to try some things. He's going to experiment. And he's not going to tell us which ones were experiments and which ones are you know, fine tuning for the regular season uh, be, again, because he doesn't want to tip his hand. So yeah, it, it's, you know, it's like a baseball spring training game. Clayton Kershaw goes three innings and the bullpen gets lit up. That doesn't mean that's how they're going to do it in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's an interesting one for sure. Um, I, I just, I, I, you know, I listened to all the post games and everything like that and it's like, okay, well then that that's, this is, this is what everybody's trying to see. Uh, I, I, I really liked uh, uh, Tucker Lepley in his post game was sort of saying how, uh, it was like a dream come true. He's just having the time of his life getting out there and playing in front of fans and all that stuff. And you can imagine that uh, a guy who basically is from, I think, North Carolina, uh, but playing for UCLA. And he goes, he said, Los Angeles quickly became home for me. Um, and so uh, that was the biggest crowd he's ever played in front of. It, it very, I mean, 12,500 is a, is a pretty big college, uh, you know, yeah. uh, attendance. So it may have been, I just, I would say this about Lepley. I still think it's a long way to go for him to even think about getting first team minutes. But if he plays and continues to impress the sort of and listen, I was impressed that he wasn't overrun in a game full of professional players. Right. This is still preseason. I don't expect that that was anywhere near 100 percent for any of those guys. Um, but you want to see if he's out of place and he didn't look out of place. Um, so I like that. Uh, quite honestly, some of the U-17s they played out there, uh, they were talking about Harbor Miller and and some of the other guys who sort of came in. But those kids also looked fairly good. Um, John McCarthy came in. Eric Zavaleta came in. Harbor Miller came in at halftime. 
Uh, Yamane only went 45 minutes, so they're still sort of bringing him along. Uh, you had, uh, let's see, you had Ravino and Villapando and Arnold and Parente and Ramos Jr. And then Johnny Nelson was in there at left back. And then Aaron Bebo was in there for McGill Gary. Again, a lot of young talent out there. Um, so very good. And by the way, uh, jo- John uh, in our chat room who just gave us our, our our $10 super chat, it's his birthday here. He's turning 50 in just a matter of hours. Wow. So so very good. Uh, 50. Hey, you know who wasn't on there? It's, it's for, for Conitz. Uh No for Kranis, no Johnny Perez. Yeah. Yep. What's going on with for, for Kranis? Because he played... He- he played against San Jose, so he was in there recently. So it may have just been rotational. You don't know. And and without asking Greg Vanny about every single individual person, you don't know. Uh, but wait, let's see how let's see how the rest of the preseason sort he's, of feels. He's out. in a weird position in that he's been around forever, but he's still really young. I mean, he signed so young. He signed in high school, and he's just been around for uh, the Galaxy forever. And you think, wow, when is this guy gonna mature? And if you had signed him out of college, he'd probably still be an underclassman. So you know, it's like don't panic too soon. But at no. the same token, um, he, you know, he has been around. He knows the system. Um, it, it, it's it might be time for him to get some minutes. Isn't it weird though? And and I was sort of thinking about this with Lepley because uh, Lepley still, I think, had a year left on his uh, college contract, right? And so um, Lepley comes in and and uh, college college not contract but uh, college career. Um, he comes in as basically a junior and comes in, but that the career paths and tracks are so much different for guys who go to college versus guys who like go strictly and stay within the academy. And I, you know, we, I know we've been sort of focusing a little on the academy and the paths because the galaxy have been selling some academy players and why that's important. And one of the things that was relayed to me whenever I was discussing this with some of the people, at the galaxy is like, you know, first of all, with the academy, like all those guys, if they're not going to play soccer and if they don't continue, they're still going to college. Like we're still getting them into college. There's still that college track that runs parallel to a lot of the pro tracks, but is clearly not as advanced as the pro tracks. So you get somebody like Lepley, who I think is maybe 22 or 21, right? You get him in there and it's sort of like you're seeing him, but really it's sort of almost a delayed progression, but that doesn't mean anything because everybody sort of develops at their own rate. So just because a guy comes out of college doesn't mean that they can't be successful in major league soccer. Um, but it usually is a little bit of a delayed sort of, uh, track that you get going through college versus going through you know, the professional ranks, not, not good or bad either way. It's just different. And you need to acknowledge that when you look at these different players. Well, and, and you're right talking about these guys that decide to go the academy system, sign as homegrown player that was talking to Cameron Dunbar, as you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I asked him that. It's like, you know, you didn't go to college. You're still a young man. If the soccer thing doesn't work out, you know, can you go back to college? He goes, I'm going right now. That was part of the deal. I was going to go to the Galaxy Academy. I was going to sign as a homegrown player, but I was going to take college courses online or in my own time, whatever. So he's he's really close to getting his degree. And by the way, Speaking of Galaxy alumni, uh, Ethan Zubek scored in his first game for Orange County. Ooh, first exciting. So, there you go. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, that's what I got from the preseason. I, I, I agree. I acknowledge the crowd. Um, I acknowledge that. I, I Again, I acknowledge the fact that the Galaxy are putting every preseason game on LAGalaxy.com. So actually games coming up again, four coming up Wednesday, February 7th against Charlotte. That is the first game from Coachella, 11 a.m. Pacific time. You can watch that game on LAGalaxy.com. I will see you on LAGalaxy.com Sunday, February 11th. You're not going to watch it on LAGalaxy.com because you're coming out to be part of our live show. 
Um, so get out there Sunday, February 11th. Uh, but that game, if you don't make it out, also on LAGalaxy.com at 10 a.m. Uh, and then, but, but, yes. but Corner of the Galaxy will not be on LAGalaxy.com. No, so I, I mean, I think they should, but I have not, heard, should, yeah. I hey, have not heard that yet. Kevin Acevedo, get on that, buddy. <laughs> I like listening. that. I'm, he probably won't listen until tomorrow, so you have to wait until until that happens. He's uh, on the bike. Uh, oh, wait, he might not be. It might be a stationary bike tomorrow because 76% chance of rain on Tuesday. That That is right. It is still supposed to rain on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, New York City FC at the Empire Polo Club against the LA Galaxy, 12 p.m. at lagalaxy.com. And then the final game of the Coachella, Invita- Coachella Valley Invitational where Daniel LaRusso will once again fight. Oh, wait, no, that was a different movie. Uh, Saturday, February 17th, New York Red Bulls uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I would like to point out, by the way, that Cosmo is doing his his deliveries again uh, for Valentine's Day, and you can book those uh, for a, a fee, I think $150 to $200, but Cosmo will go to the place and will deliver stuff for you. And if my wife was even a little bit of a fan, if I hadn't have driven any fandom out of her, I would get Cosmo to come deliver my wife flowers for sure. In fact, I'm still thinking about doing it just because I want to see Cosmo at my house. That's really the reason. No, so you have to pay for the flowers yeah. and for Cosmo to deliver it. Yes, yes, all that stuff. But it ends up being yeah. a, it ends up being a donation to the LA Galaxy Foundation. So there's worse things in the world you could waste your money on, right? So. I'm sure those flowers are only $15, right? Isn't that how much flowers cost anymore? Well, I was just wondering if he could do DoorDash. Like if you order a sandwich or a pizza, could Cosmo then go get it? And go then get, bring it. Bring it uh, I don't know if Cosmo's up on the apps. That would be awesome, though, if Cosmo like decided to do DoorDash or something like that. Another yeah. reason to order from that app. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, another idea for Kevin Acevedo to pedal his way through yeah. on that. Yeah, by, by the, the way, by the way, by yeah. the way, it is it is there is a a circle of limitations. Like Cosmo won't go any further than 25 miles, but like I bet I I bet I could get I, you know, I bet I could I bet I can make that work for me, right? If you if your girlfriend was an alien, could you get Cosmo to like come out of a cake and like If my girlfriend was yep. an alien, my wife would be very upset regardless. <laughs> so Well, and speaking of of Coachella and the times and everything, just so you know, I looked it up before we started here, and uh, you know your experience may differ, but 76% chance of rain Tuesday. No games uh, with the Galaxy anyways in Coachella. By Wednesday, it's down to 6%. Saturday, 7%. And Sunday, the day of the corner of the Galaxy, 1%. God wants to see us there. Yes, I, I I agree. I well, I also think that you know after after all this rain, we deserve sunshine. Um, so I'm gonna be out there and probably my shorts and my flip flops. You know, isn't that what you know? That's not what you normally wear to Coachella. So I'm in. Uh, I can't I can't wait for that. So Dude, it's the desert in the winter. It's gonna be cold. Uh, it was uh, it was warm out there last time. It was like 78 okay. degrees last time I was out there. So yeah, I I don't don't I don't buy that. I I lived in Arizona for like six years, seven years. I but Arizona gets really cold at night. It does, but we're not going to be there at night we're going to be there at noon yeah. so that's what and i'm remember, saying no other football games are taking place and any kind of football tackle or otherwise on sunday it's just, just the galaxy and and then the corner of the galaxy afterwards that's right so we got that going on uh the galaxy uh hyping up mr ricky Pooj as well ricky Pooj now the number 10 for the la galaxy we knew about that alex ruiz told everybody about that um but there it is ricky Pooj, the official number 10 the also there was a picture in the wild of the LA Galaxy kit. Um, and then uh, there was this wonderful mock-up done that sort of shows it, I think, the most accurately I have seen uh, so far. So it's all out there. 
The Galaxy are, I believe, are going to have a jersey unveiling event as well. I'm still waiting to hear if there's any details or if that's happening 100 percent. But I believe that that's happening. And so that's going to be something to pay attention to. But I'm I'm very much a fan of the kit. I've already told you I was a fan of the kit and I will continue to be a fan of this kit. I love the ghost sash that is sort of going on there. It's like it's like it's almost like they're acknowledging the Galaxy have not been the Galaxy of old. Uh, so you don't get the sash. You can't have the sash. You have to earn the sash. And so if you play good, then that ghost sash becomes a real sash. That's that's sort well, of what I feel. Go back to that. You know what it looks like to me? I don't. It looks know. like the, the jersey is really dusty and someone just took their finger through that that's, area. And that's, the stop. that's what they do at the Galaxy Trophy Cabinet right now. Real dusty and go and swipe swipe a finger Ooh, through there. Well, I didn't I didn't think that you did. By the way, the last time they had it, if, if I remember correctly, the last time they had a Galaxy uh, or a jersey reveal party event, that was the one that went south really quick. Remember, players were supposed to stick around and sign autographs for season ticket members and they didn't and everyone took off and it was a really bad deal. Given the new uh, regime under Will and Will, Will squared, I don't anticipate that happening if there's an event this time. My my guess is, again, it's honeymoon pond time. Right. My guess is it goes really well. Spidey senses say say it, it's going to be, it'll be a good deal. Uh, the Galaxy also launching some new merch, and they got uh, Miss Kaylin Kyle, who was visiting from uh, from MLS Live uh, to, to model some of the new jackets and stuff like this. And I'd actually seen a picture of this before she posted it, but this jacket, I believe, was out there and available this weekend. So there's some good-looking merch sort of headed your way I want everybody to be aware of that. Um, and I hey, listen, there are lots of reasons to join our discord. Okay. I know. And yet some of you are like, I'm not a discord person. Listen, the majority of the people in the discord are lurkers. We know this. Okay. There's over 1200, 1300 people in that discord, right? There's like 10 of us who are active all the time. And then we just yell at each other. That's, that's not sure. There's more than that. Right. But there's lots of people who are active in there, but there's a lot of lurkers. One of the main reasons you should be in the discord is that we do have people from the LA galaxy who pay attention to our discord and can answer questions and even solicit sometimes information about stuff you want to see. What do you want to see from merch? What do you want to see from this? What do you want to see from game day experiences? We have uh, one of our members in the discord is on the fan council. You can, we have a fan cancel channel, fan council channel. You have to say it slow for you to say. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Uh, you can go to that channel and you can talk to uh, to the people who are in the fan council and be sort of be like, man, I'd love it to see this. And listen, most of your ideas are probably going to be crap and that's OK. But one or two, you throw them against the cupboard, they stick and you're like, that one's done. That's the one we need to go with. And it could be your idea. So there's lots of reasons to be in the discord, mostly for my charming intellect. And and I and I swear on the discord if that makes you people happy. I don't know if it does or not, um, but uh, go to the discord, head on over there and you will get. I think some fairly active uh, uh, conversations in there. So absolutely should should check it out. So please head on over to the Discord. There's a link posted on every um, every uh, podcast that we put out. We put a link for the Discord there. So go and do it. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that you sort of wanted to touch on, Kevin? I don't, I don't want to go too long. We're not going to sit here and lament all of the myriad of possibilities in terms of the transfers right now because I don't have any information to tell you whether you should trust those or not. Um, but we will, we will effort behind the scenes and maybe on Thursday, I'll be able to do that. And if you think about it, Kevin, we have a podcast on Monday, but the next time you and I get together will be Sunday before, right after the LA galaxy game. So this is it for you and I, this is the last collaboration we have. And then live show. Well, yeah. And Will Kuntz will me, well, I don't want to give that uh, cat away yet, but Will Kuntz may be one of our guests and we'll be able to ask him point blank. 
Where is Joseph Payne's song? Where, where's JP? Did you have anything to do about the song? Without you, what, without you as a song, was he writing about the galaxy? Oh, you don't ooh, know. Got there. He could play the national anthem on the piano before the first game. I'm all, I'm all for all of this. I'm, I'm ready. I to want go. Emma Malia to come back, or Malia Emma, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I know. She's probably like 30 now. It feels yeah. like <laughs> it feels like that was a long time ago. Um, yeah, it was. But she's still probably really short. Yeah, <laughs> but you'll be taller than somebody. Will that make you feel better? Yeah, okay. that's why I like her. Uh, okay, that's why I like her. Very good. Uh, the LA Galaxy getting ready to head out to Coachella. Head out on Tuesday, Wednesday. They play against Charlotte FC. That game, 11 a.m. LAGalaxy.com. Sunday, February 11th, which is the game that we will be live after against Austin FC at 10 a.m. Umbrella needed. Yeah. Corner of the Galaxy live around 12, 12:15. LAGalaxy.com, where you can watch the game where you can watch uh, the live show, well, it's probably not going to be broadcast live. So you're going to have to be there if you're going to uh, enjoy it. Otherwise, you'll just have to wait for the recording on that. So that's it. That's all we have. Kevin, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, now that you brought that up. So is the Sunday live, if you're going to post it later, is that going to be the Monday show? We're going to do a double header, back-to-back shows within a 28-hour period. I believe believe that the Sunday live show could probably fit in very nicely for the Monday night show. I don't think we need to do. It's going to take a lot of effort to put on that 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 live show that we're doing. It doesn't sound like it, but if, if the number of guests are correct and the ability to transition through all that and talk about the LA Galaxy game, somebody's going to have to cart me home in order to get home in in time. But I will. Uh, Just I will the be Taylor Swift performance alone is going to take up a lot of that show. You're, you're not allowed to say. That. I don't want her to sue me. I just want her to come on the podcast. That's all. I mean, I, there's no reason why she should. But why you not? You have like a squad competition, JP against Taylor. That sounds like that. that sounds great. I like love Tracy it. Chapman and. Uh, you know, last night at the Grammys. That, uh, that was one of the one of the good performances. Yeah. Jazz Carr has been cycling through my brain all day. Uh, ran, ran to number one on the country charts. Number one on the country charts. That's kind of fun to see. Was that with uh, Luke Combs? Is that who that who yes, was? Yeah. He was? Yeah, and I think he's the one that had the idea to do that, and that was a great idea. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. All right, uh, that's it. We're done. Here we go. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter or X, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful soccer articles and anything else he covers. Latimes.com. Now mute your microphone so I don't have to listen to you for the rest of the time. It's like the first show every single time. I swear to God. All right, there we go. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on Instagram. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find all that wonderful stuff. All right, that does it. Again, live show coming up February 11th after the LA Galaxy take on Austin FC. Get your tickets at CoachellaValleyInvitational.com, and we will see you out there. For Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.